buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I'm super pumped today. I've got Yaron Korhout. He is the CEO and founder over at Sales Flare. So uh, we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic today and something that I think a lot of you are probably interested to hear um, his thoughts on. So we're going to be talking about why CRMs don't work, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, own thanks so much for coming on today. Give us a little bit of background and just give us the short version of your sales story. Uh, my, my story in sales, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, first of all, super glad to be here. Um, I'm uh, Jeroen Korthout. My name is a bit funny to pronounce. It's, uh, it's, it's Dutch. I'm, I'm Belgian. How, how did um, I do? Did I, did I do okay? Did I pass? It was okay. I think you said Jeroen instead of Jeroen. Um, but it was fine. <laughs> Maybe we'll have you back another time and I'll nail it. Super. Uh, my sales story, actually, I'm, um, I am I never thought I was going to be in sales, uh, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I was always uh, like on track to be an engineer. Um, that's also what I studied. Um, my, my first like professional thing I did, you could say, like work sort of, uh, was building websites uh, for people. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was 15, 16 or so, and then I started building some websites. Um, it, was, it was really fun. I could create stuff, it was something I, I love to do, but also for people, which is also an aspect that is absolutely necessary for me is to be able to do it for someone and work together with them. Um, I then studied engineering with the idea that I was going to uh, do some engineering job or maybe start my own web, web design company one day. Um, uh-huh. like, like a real serious one, not the, the thing when I was young. Um, and when I was actually applying for engineering jobs after uh, my studies, uh, I noticed that I didn't like any of the jobs I was offered. I wanted to do something with people uh, and not be in the back room uh, creating something. You know, I wanted to be in front of people and doing something with them. Um, so after a lot of frustrating interviews, um, one night before going uh, going out, uh, my uh, my best friend let me his credit card. Uh, I applied for business school uh, with it. I didn't have a credit card at the time, and 
I, in the end, after going there, I, I got accepted and I just had to convince my parents I was going to do another year and it was going to cost some money, but I was going to pay it all back to them. Um, I did that and actually that put me on a totally different track because all of a sudden I could go into uh, marketing and sales. Um, I, I studied biomedical engineering, so mm -hmm. I went into the, the healthcare uh, sector uh, at first, uh, mostly pharma. Um, I started off as a, as a marketing person in a pharma yeah. company called Baxter. Uh, what I was essentially doing was helping salespeople um, sell their stuff, so I would prepare materials for them. Uh, and train them uh, on how to use them mainly, and then also building some websites for doctors and for patients. Yeah. The question so how? Yeah. So how how do you think uh, your marketing experience has has helped your you know your 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 sales success? Because you know these days sellers aren't just selling. You know they got to have some some marketing skills or knowledge or experience. Uh, to really, you know, be in, you know, a top producer. Yeah, I think what marketing teaches you is to uh, see the bigger picture. Uh, that's basically mm -hmm. what we're trying to do in marketing: is scaling that sales, not just for one person, um, but for your customers as a whole. Uh, maybe right. try to segment uh, your group of customers to make sure that you can have a better message per group. Uh, while as a marketer, I think your sales experience. Uh, teaches you how to still see the individuals, how to uh, have empathy with every single customer, how to mm -hmm. um, create solutions for them. Uh, it's sort of the the, the flip side, uh, sort of the flip side of, of sales is marketing, and, and and the flip side of marketing is sales. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of organizations that are trying to figure out how to get their sales and marketing teams, you know, on the same page. And, and more aligned. So I've always found that, you know, sellers that understand the marketing side of the house, you know, do extremely well and marketers, you know, that really take time to get to know sellers and their needs and, and what's going mm -hmm. on on that side of the house tend to do a much better job. So I'm always, you know, curious uh, to learn more about people like yourself that they kind of know, you know, both sides and, and how it's helped you. Yeah. F funny thing, by the way, is, uh, uh, when I went into marketing and pharma is uh, when you go into marketing and pharma, the track you follow uh, that everyone wants you to follow yeah. is to first go in sales and then in marketing. I skipped that. I didn't want to do that sales job. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to be in the waiting room of doctors. I hate that. I don't want to do it. Um, yeah. And I found that one place where actually my boss, she came from, from finance into marketing and she wanted to believe like, I'm going to hire this engineering dude here, study biomedical mm -hmm. engineering, and he's going to do marketing. Normally that would never have worked. So I just effectively skipped sales. But then actually my sales experience started after that uh, because that, that marketing job was so boring uh, <coughs> that I've only done it for, um, I think in the end, 10 months. Um, mm -hmm. I found another job at a marketing consultancy that actually helped pharma companies to adapt uh, to the digital age, uh, you could say. Uh, pharma companies uh, are sort of stuck in that sales model where they basically just send a lot of uh, sales reps to doctors and the more sales reps they send, the more sales they make. Uh, that was the formula uh, for most of the past century in, in pharma. 
But then with the internet coming, uh, uh, first of all, doctors are super tired of seeing salespeople. Uh, secondly, yeah. they can find everything on the internet, so why would they have to see a salesperson? Um, yeah. So that all started shifting, and we helped uh, companies to adapt to that. Um, the, the, the salespeople, so the marketers in pharma that came from sales jobs, um, they didn't really have the necessary digital background. That's not really uh, the forte of most salespeople, uh, all this digital stuff and building websites and all that. Uh, mm -hmm. So there was a huge gap for us to uh, fill. So I was doing marketing consultancy uh, and sales consultancy to a, to a certain extent um, and selling that as a salesperson. And that's actually where I gained most of the sales experience was selling these this consultancy to uh, pharma companies because I was I was essentially responsible for a series of uh, pharmas and mm -hmm. um, I would find out what, what issues they had where they were, where they wanted to go. I would, um, I would then make a proposal on how to do it. I would make a budget, a project plan. I would, I would make sure that internally we had the right people to execute it. Mm -hmm. I would manage the whole customer relationship, the delivery, you know, the whole thing, getting the invoices paid even. Wow. Wow. Like full cycle on both ends. Uh, I'm sure that that, you know, experience in itself has, has really kind of molded some of the things, you know, that have helped you, um, with your, with your current venture. So let's, let's dig into this topic. I think the sales hustlers are anxious to hear what you have to say about, uh, something that I think probably a lot of them are, you know, thinking themselves saying, you know, why CRMs don't work. Yeah. So d during that experience, uh, I, um, we actually worked a lot with uh, Salesforce. Um, in the company itself, we had Salesforce, um, but we also used it in a lot of projects with customers. Um, mm -hmm. Imagine the pharma world at that point, they were coming from some really old uh, uh, system that Oracle was selling called Siebel. So they were very excited to get on something new like Salesforce that at least looked like it was from the, from, uh, uh, the, the, the 21st century. Yeah. Um, but the thing was, as we were rolling it out and as we were using it ourselves, I always noticed that it didn't get the amount of usage that people always said it would, would get. It wasn't actually used as a sales tool. Um, it, it, in most cases, it became a reporting tool uh, towards mm -hmm. management, uh, which then immediately made it dysfunctional. Because the thing was, Salespeople had to do an enormous amount of data input, uh, which in many cases was not, not, not super easy, very slow. Um, so they weren't really interested in doing that. Plus, uh, on the other end of the equation, they didn't get the whole lot back for it, from that. So it's not like if they then filled it out, it was for easy for them uh, to follow up their sales. Like it, it didn't really help them uh, with doing that. Uh, and on top of that, uh, their manager would basically uh, start looking at what they were doing, which they didn't really uh, like too much either. So the combination of all these things made that salespeople just put the essence in there, like you, you basically you, you fill your pipeline so that uh, they see you're, you're doing some work. If they require you to log some calls, you log some calls. Uh, if yeah. they want you to put people on their newsletter, you do that as well. But you're not going to um, fill out 
like uh, diligently all the things you discussed and when you were in touch with people and new people that you met at the company or that you were selling to whatever uh, all the level of detail that you need to actually be successful with CRM to follow up your sales better and on all the things sales managers want to do that never got in there and I honestly never understood that and at some point I started uh, thinking it was sort of the way the world was or something. Yeah. <laughs> it couldn't be solved. Like, Was it just people... some of your own frustration out of things that you had used and seen um, over time? Yeah, I, I, my, my frustration uh, was, was mostly that, for instance, I was using these uh, modern uh, to-do list apps, like, like Wunderlist at the time. Uh, yeah. And then, then I was using Salesforce and the two things seemed so different uh, that I, I didn't understand how that was possible because both were software companies, the one uh, for consumers, of course, and the other one for, uh, for enterprises. But so weird that uh, just the to-do app could, be, could have such a different usability in both systems. So, and so what I hear you saying is like, kind of like less is more, like keeping it simple. Um, people are more willing to actually use it and have a better experience um, when it's more simple, straightforward, and really just focuses on the core needs that they have. That's definitely part of it. I think, I think first of all, uh, salespeople uh, need to have something that uh, they can easily work with. Uh, they need to uh, understand it. It doesn't need to be too much work. <clears throat> Uh, to uh, manage it, like the, the amount of time they spend managing the software should be should be very limited. Uh, but plus also the the whole expectation that comes with the software, um, where where they say like, okay, now you're going to fill this out with all these tiny details uh, throughout all your sales work, and you're going to spend an enormous amount of time on that, and you need to always remember to put every little thing in the CRM. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that is realistic. And um, actually, when I, when we were doing uh, customer interviews about seven years ago, uh, when uh, when starting uh, Salesflare, um, I I I often asked about this. So so companies would say like, yes, our CRM is not used to the fullest. And then I was like, okay, and and how can we fix that? And what they would say was, well, that this is the thing. Salespeople are lazy. Uh, they just need to fill it out, and yeah. if they do that, then everything is solved. Mm. But I don't think that you can expect that. It's 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 not because somebody somebody decided that 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 it should work that way. Uh, that it's also the way it should should work. Yeah, and so. I'm just curious to find out like what things, what sort, did you get like feedback from other salespeople or was a lot of this just your, your, your own experiences of, you know, sort of coming to this conclusion of, of what matters most, you know, in a CRM? No, I think, I think most of it was a, was a, a public secret. The uh, fact that, uh, that the, the software was too cumbersome uh, the fact that you had to do a lot of data inputs, that you didn't get a whole lot of uh, uh, value for it to return, and that it was more of a tool for, for managers than for salespeople. 
everybody knew that, but nobody was, was thinking it could be changed. Um, and what we actually saw then um, is that a part of the issue there is, is, is the data input. Uh, and that it doesn't have to be an issue. That actually, you can you can get that information from other places. Uh, you just have to pull it together from your emails, your calendar, your phone, from social media, company databases, uh, email tracking, website tracking. And if you take the data that is already in all these places together, then yeah. you have the data you need in the CRM, and you don't need to spend your day copying that, all that information. Uh, computers can do that work in a much better way for you. Yeah, it's more consistent, it's more reliable. You know, uh, sales managers are, are happy, right? Because they don't have to rely on humans to uh, input the data that they're, you know, constantly, you know, beating on the drum of, you know, why people are not, you know, utilizing these fancy, very expensive tools that they're paying a ton of money for. Um, and so what you're saying is like, you've really just simplified it and, 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 you know, kind of solved this problem. Why, why has nobody else done this or, you know, why have, had they not done it before? Uh, I think two reasons. One is that, uh, the, the prevailing notion is that it it's just the salespeople that are lazy and the software is good enough and you know, that's the way it is. Um, and then secondly, for existing CRM systems, um, mm -hmm. it's very hard to build something fully automated uh, from something that is manual. Uh, it's easier, like we did uh, from the ground up, if you, if you start uh, building something and your, your, your premise is, okay, uh, this is going to be an automated system which still allows manual uh, data input. Uh, yeah. That is much easier to build than if you already have a manual system that you wouldn't want to then make fully automated. Got it. Got it. Okay. And 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 so, uh, what's some of the feedback that you guys are getting now from from people using the platform? Um, we get uh, all kinds of feedback: uh, positive feedback, negative feedback. Overwhelmingly positive, I would say. Um, actually. If you look at our metrics, for instance, um, I heard once from a Salesforce executive that uh, only 20% uh, of the, the, the licenses they sell are actually used. In our case, um, I think we're currently at about 90% uh, usage on, uh, on licenses, so, like active usage. Wow, wow. How does that compare to other CRMs? Yeah, I, I, I don't know data from uh, from other small business CRMs, for instance, but in the case of, of, of Salesforce, it's more around 20%, like I said. At, that's what I heard, at least. Wow, wow. Okay, so that's that's a pretty big difference. That is a big difference. Um, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of possibility in the, uh, still in many companies to fix the, the current setup. Maybe maybe I can give a few tips there, uh, which are yeah. not, not at all related to uh, getting yeah, software yeah. or something. Because what I see in many companies is that, that, that they don't really make a thoughtful selection when it comes to CRM, and they don't implement it. And it's, and it's actually, like, don't implement it in the right way, and it's actually uh, really simple. Um, it's actually, there's, there's, there's three main things which you, yeah. uh, 
which you need to think about, and it will already set you apart from 99% uh, of the other companies. First, okay. uh, don't just type CRM into Google. Uh, you will not end up with the right CRM, uh, I assure you. Uh, I, I know that's what most companies do, like the like, best CRM for small I mean, businesses. I'm, I'm always surprised how many people that I come across occasionally, they like don't even have a CRM at all. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Like how reason. long sometimes people wait to actually get a CRM. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, as, a, as a step number zero then. Um, when, how do you know that you need a CRM? Um, I think when you notice that you have somewhere above like 10, 20 um, leads or customers at any point in your pipeline, it starts becoming more difficult to uh, manage that. Uh, you can start off with a sheet, of course, uh, but this is very diff uh, very quickly going to become difficult because a sheet, um, it can have some information about your customer and you can have the status in there. But as soon as you want to have some idea of, of the timeline, this is something that is extremely difficult to uh, keep in a sheet and it's very manual. Uh, you'll find the same issue with a sheet as in a CRM that doesn't really help you with the data input is that at some point, uh, nothing is up to date anymore and you sort of lose the overview there. Um, I think if you if you start scaling around 20 deals or so at any point or 20 relationships you need to follow up, uh, yeah. then you need a CRM. And also uh, another point that, at which a lot of companies get a CRM is when they start working together with, with each other. Um, if you are sharing communication with a certain customer or so, then it also makes sense to go for one. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So then back to step one, right? Don't just Google CRM. <laughs> yeah, don't just Google CRM. First, figure out why do you need one. It seems a, a, a simple thing, but uh, is, it, is it because you want to follow up your sales better? Is it because you have a, and, and you want to manage your relationships and as a real estate person, you know, you want to keep relationships and at some point you'll sell something? Or is it because uh, you have an e-commerce uh, shop and you want to get repeat sales? Or is it uh, because you're a coach and you want to get people to, uh, to get at some point after a lot of content from you buy a course? And uh, yeah. these are all wildly different software systems that you need for, for, for these purposes. So that's step number one. Um, when you know that, the subset of CRMs will already uh, become way smaller. Uh, like if mm. you go on G2.com, for instance, there's uh, 650 plus CRMs. Uh, if you know that it's uh, one of these things, it, it, you'll, you'll have a much smaller set. Then look through those um, to see which ones uh, might fit you best. Some of them are for enterprises, some of them are for small businesses. Those are also wildly different systems. Don't get an enterprise CRM if you're a small business and the other way around. It, uh, it won't work out well. Yeah. Um, how, about then, people that are, how about people that are maybe like thinking ahead? You know, hey, maybe this is like how far ahead should be, the, you know, because migrating systems is, is a huge pain, right? So, you know, how far ahead do you think people should be thinking as far as like, okay, here's my needs today and here's what I need, but here's, you know, the sort of growth that maybe we're anticipating and here's where we might be in one, two or five years. And is this going to still suit our needs 
um, or are we going to have to deal with a really you know pain in the neck migration? Yeah, uh, I think this this very much depends on uh, the size and speed of your company. Uh, if you're in a very large company and you're going to get an enterprise CRM, you're probably looking at horizons of somewhere uh, six to ten years or so, and then you better uh, buy something that can grow with you for a while. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a horrible experience, and you'll constantly have consultants uh, building stuff and shipping data from one place to the other. Right. Um, if you're a small business and you you are the, the type of business that can uh, make decisions pretty quickly then you can switch CRMs in a matter of uh, days or, or, or weeks, some months. It depends on, on how big you're starting uh, to become. Uh, small business CRMs are much, much easier to go from the one to the other. Um, you can just take your data, export it, import it in the other one, uh, and you'll be up and running. So yeah, yeah. Now what about company. Yeah. Now, what about, you know, um, you know, talking through that just kind of made me think of another thing, um, which is, you know, how do you know, like, which CRM, you know, so we're talking about growing out of a CRM, right, and kind of mm-hmm. making the right choice. But how do you pick the right CRM that's also not going to hinder growth as well? And, and uh, why do you think it would hinder growth? What would be the Well, I mean, like, you know, just having a good idea of, of, of what your needs are and what are going to make, you know, things easier for your sellers to get to hit those growth benchmarks that you're okay. looking for. Well, I think I think that's where step two comes into play. <laughs> uh, okay. So step one was knowing why you need a serum and then sort of uh, uh, making the, the, the set of serums smaller so that you, you focus much better on the right ones for you. Then, when you have a list that you want to try, uh, involve your sales team. Uh, mm. This has uh, two big advantages. One, um, if your your sales people uh, test it and see that they like one more than the other, uh, mm-hmm. you know in the end that they are way more likely to use it. And it's uh, it's obvious. Uh, plus, the fact that you've involved them in the in the process makes that the buy-in uh, also will be much higher. So it's not you imposing a CRM uh, on them at some point, it's you finding a CRM together. So yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a much better outcome in the end. Uh, I, I think that's a I think that's a fantastic <clears throat> yeah, I think that's a fantastic tip and, and I think unfortunately that's one that I think a lot of people might skip or not consider, like actually involving yes. their sales team in the buying process of the CRM, which makes a tremendous amount of sense because one, they're the ones that can really test it to say, hey, is this going to fit all our needs? Is this going to make your job easier? Is this going to, you know, is this what is going to work based on our needs? Um, and if they feel that they're part of that decision, then you're absolutely right. They're going to have, you know, much more. Uh, buy-in and, and and significantly higher user adoption um, should they go with any particular CRM that they were involved in, in making the decision. Yeah, definitely. We, we help many hundreds of companies each month to uh, get onto a CRM. I can, I can tell you that the amount that actually involved their salespeople uh, is a very, very small subset. And mm. uh, when I, when I uh, talk to such a person, I always congratulate them on the fact that they do it. Uh, because I, I personally think it's the only way uh, that you can be really successful uh, at implementing your CRM, making sure that salespeople use it. Because in the end, that's going to be the absolute bottleneck. Uh, yeah. If the sales team doesn't use it, uh, you can you can pray for having uh, great forecasts, 
uh, knowing who they're in touch with, uh, being able to replace someone who left or who is sick, uh, collaborating between the marketing and the sales department in a better way, uh, collaborating within the sales team, even on the customers. This is all going to be impossible because the data you need to do that is not in the system at, at that point. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I, I think I, my guess was right there that, that, that not very many people do include their sales team based on what you're saying. Um, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think so many sales leaders or, 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 or CEOs, founders, CROs, whoever it is that is, you know, making the decision on these CRMs aren't including their sales team? Like, what are the things that you're hearing? Why are they not doing that? Uh, I think it's one uh, shortcuts wanting to move faster, uh, thinking that it's going to slow down everything and just say, ah, oh, just move ahead. Uh, it, it, might, it might make your selection quicker, uh, but in the end, it's going to take longer until you get the CRM working because the one you, you choose uh, has, a, has a much higher probability of failing. Um, so I'd say take, take a bit extra time, um, involve your salespeople. Some, in some mm. cases, it might be culture as well, where the, the, the head of sales or so is, a, is the one who decides everything. Uh, that might be another aspect, but I think in most cases, it's the first thing. Got it. Okay. All right. So, so talk us through what's, what's step three. Yeah, three. Uh, and also, uh, it, it, it's going to seem obvious again, but step three, when you train your sales team, training already is, is good. Uh, many uh, companies just throw them in and say, use it. Um, mm -hmm. the, the bit more systematic companies will train their sales team on uh, how the CRM works, which is nice. That's definitely the basics, because if your salespeople know all the features, how they work, uh, they can get the most out of it. But what almost all companies forget is to discuss within their team how they're going to use it together. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is pretty essential because a CRM uh, can be used in many different ways. Uh, you can, for instance, uh, interpret the stages in the pipeline in different ways. You can fill in uh, the fields in different ways. Uh, you can you can actually, uh, for instance, you can you can put notes uh, in this place or in that place. And if 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 you don't agree together on how you're going to do these kind of things then a lot of things become impossible. First of all, uh, the, the sort of communication aspect of the thing becomes very fuzzy because everybody has their, uh, gives a different meaning to, to everything. Uh, right. Getting insights from the data is super difficult. Pulling a list uh, of, of, of contacts who this and that is also super difficult because all that information might be, might have different forms. Uh, so it's a, it's a really simple thing and it doesn't take more than uh, an hour, or maybe two hours of discussion, uh, which you write down in a, in a document. Uh, but once yeah. you have these guidelines, you will be so much more successful at using the CRM as a team uh, than if you just train your salespeople, okay, this is what it does, go. Yeah, I mean, even just, you know, so, I mean, what I hear you're saying is like, it seems like such a simple thing, like be collaborative in how we're going to, you know, here's how we, here's our options of how to do these different things that we need to do. Um, here's, you know, how we, you know, suggest everybody does it and here's how we can better work together. But even just agreeing on like the needed customizations or workflows or 
automations and things like that, you know, where if A happens, it goes to B and, you know, different people might have a little bit of a different idea of how that should work. Um, so rather than just trying to, you know, be the type that, you know, is not involving your sales team and making a quick decision and then thinking that, you know, maybe one or two people have all of the answers of here's how, you know, we want people using it and here's how it should work. But being more collaborative in one from the decision making process through the training of not just the basics, but how they can work together, you know, what things are needed, workflows, automations, customizations, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Exactly, you nailed it. And I guarantee you that it's it's probably not even one percent of the companies uh, who do all these things correctly. Wow, and, and they seem like such simple concepts, right? Like these are not you know it, th- these are not you know big lofty ideas. Like they they seem like really simple ABC you know yeah. <laughs> steps here, um, and it's mind boggling why you know more sales leaders or, or head of sales are not following these steps when implementing a new tool and and this applies to to anything that they're using in sales crm or whatever right any any software basically um if they followed these steps probably would have a lot more you know user adoption get a better roi off of the tools um all of those things that they're kind of hoping for when you know signing up for something like that yeah Definitely. Yeah. It, it, the, the collaboration aspect and being a bit more systematic and thoughtful about things, it makes such a big difference in your success in the end. Yeah. Jeroen, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, do you want to tell the sales hustlers where they can find out more about you or find out more about Salesflare or anything else that you want to let them know? Yeah. So actually, a small point about Salesflare, I didn't really say what we do. Uh, so we are uh, we offer sales CRM uh, to small and medium-sized businesses who sell B2B. Uh, it's mostly used for following up leads. That's uh, if I ask most of our customers, what, what do you do with Salesforce? They say we follow up our leads better. Uh, it's mostly um, agencies on our software, like marketing agencies and software development companies, but also a lot yeah. of tech startups, which involve a lot of uh, SaaS companies um, all over the world. And... What our system does different from um, HubSpot, for instance, is that it's it's built from the ground up to be an automated system uh, that then still allows manual data input and stuff. It's mm-hmm. very easy to use, uh, which makes that it's 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 it's. I think if you go look on G2, we have the highest ROI of, of all the 650 CRMs uh, out there. If you want to read more about that, salesflare.com is the right place. Flare is F-L-A-R-E. Um, you can even try the software without uh, creating an account if you just uh, click uh, try it free or something like it says at the top. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with me, uh, LinkedIn is the best place. Uh, you just uh, type my name in there. There's only one person with my exact name. Uh, you can send me a connection request, but don't forget the personal message uh, with the amount of spam. I'm sure you all get every day. Uh, I personally ignore every uh, message that doesn't have a personal message attached. But if you if you write a personal message, I'll certainly connect with you and we can have a chat. Awesome. Thanks so much again for coming on. We'll include those links there in the show notes for you sales hustlers. Uh, and if you enjoyed today's episode, please, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. 
Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out, and if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell, and if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.